And it was really interesting. It was a combination of things I thought I knew about the country that turned out maybe not to be true. And then all kinds of things I never knew about the country that were just, you know, the people were amazing. The food was amazing. Let's peek inside the mind of a boomer. This is Boomer Randomness, a podcast dedicated to the baby boom generation with random observations about boomer life from boomers, including topics like music, movies, memories, marriage and divorce, retirement, bucket lists, kids and grandkids, travel, medical crap that old people talk about, and a whole lot more. Here is your boomer host, Bernie Lucas. Many boomer bucket lists include travel dreams, and retirement is often a great time to bring those dreams to life. I'm inspired by two well-traveled friends who joined me recently for a conversation about travel in retirement. So we're all sitting in here. We're retired boomers. We're all in the middle of the boomer. Well, I'm, I'm more on that, closer to the end, but we're basically in the middle of the, the boomer um, era here. Jan Thomas and Heidi Phillips, thank you for coming over here. Thank you, Bernie. So we're talking about travel. Before we get into some of the adventures that you've had, um, did did you guys travel much before retirement, either for business or pleasure, Heidi? I traveled a little for business, not not all that often, maybe once a year. Um, and for personal, like for vacations, not too much, not too much. Uh, that's changed a lot, as we'll yes, see. Yes, it has. <laughs> Jan, how about you? Yeah, and I actually traveled a lot for business, um, probably 70% of the time I was traveling for business. So aside from summer vacations and extending a business trip somewhere for a day or two to see some sites, and it was all in the U.S., so no travel outside the United States. Let me start with just some specifics. And and the one, and I happen to already know both of you, so I know some of your travel adventures, but not everything. But each of you has a very, at least one very interesting one. But Jan, you went to Cuba. I did. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so Cuba had been on the bucket list for me for probably 10 years. And I can't even tell you what the attraction was, except you hear so much about this tiny little country and it's not clear what's really true and what's not, you know, because of the embargo, you know, between the two countries. And um, I first tried to go there right before the pandemic and we were going on a cruise ship. But then, as you know, under that administration, the rules changed and cruise ships weren't allowed in. So that trip got canceled. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. So so as part of my 70th trip around the sun, I said, <laughs> you know what? I'm going there. Um, and you have to go on some kind of an educational tour. It's, yeah. You can't just decide to go there and pack a bag and go. And it was really interesting. And it was um, it was a combination of things I thought I knew about the country that turned out maybe not to be true. And then all kinds of things I never knew about the country that were just, you know, the people were amazing. The food was amazing. Seeing part of what was America's playground back in the 40s, you know, in the 50s before, you know, before the revolution. Sad, you know, because it's just rubble now, mostly. Um, But yeah, it was a pretty, it was a 
was it was one of those bucket list things. So the perception that that I get when I you know see it, things about Cuba, it's like um, all the cars are from the fifties and bright colors and terrible infrastructure and I don't know anything about the people except it seems that they're poor, but. That's not really the whole picture, is it? No, and in fact, I wouldn't say that the people were necessarily poor. The um, obviously, like any country, there's you know there's many different classes of people. What I was struck with more is it's not that people can't afford things; it's that the country simply can't get things. So you know they might have money to buy more bread or buy more rice, but there is no more because they have no. Everything is imported, and the place they could most easily get things from, they can't get things from. So, <laughs> yeah, the you know, get ninety miles away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but again, we you know we found the people just lovely, and it's interestingly enough, never felt unsafe anywhere. Well, that's good, because uh, again, that's that's some perception of perception that I have that it would be not necessarily a safe place to be as an American. But it is true that they do have old cars, and they have, boy, have they preserved them and made a real tourist industry out of that. <laughs> yeah, I think you you guys were posing in in or next to some of the cars on, on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> we were we were riding in them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heidi, the one the the one I I know about that intrigues me to no end is Italy. Okay. So it's more for you. It's more than just visiting. You you actually have some extended stays there. I have had some extended stays. I went to Italy for the first time in 2015, I think, for my 60th birthday. It was a bucket list trip that um, I had wanted to do for many many years. Um, in fact, when I was in high school, I had studied the Italian Renaissance and was very fascinated by that whole period of time. And so Florence was on my list because. That was the birthplace of the Italian Renaissance. So went there for 10 days or so. You know, I'm looking at Jan because she went with me. I don't remember the exact number of days. <laughs> but fell in love with the city. Uh-huh. And so that started it. And then a few years later went for sort of a short trip. And then a year or two after that went for three weeks, uh-huh. which was my first solo time traveling by myself you know, in another country. Yeah. So, and then since then, there's been, well, last year I went for three months. <laughs> yeah, that's and, quite the extended stay. And I'm getting uh-huh. ready to go again for another three months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah. What, is that a culture shock? I mean, I know you've been taking some Italian lessons, but it, does that is that enough when you're in a place like Florence? Or, I think or? so. I did not find, I mean, I find the, the culture is very, um, the people are very warm. Of course, I love the food and the wine of, you know, naturally yeah. and the art. But no, I didn't think, I think the language is the biggest culture shock. And in a city like Florence or in Rome, where there's so many tourists that come through, you know, if you're in a restaurant, if you're in the main part of the city, if you're a restaurant or a shop, they speak enough English to where you don't have to know Italian, but they really appreciate it if you try to speak. Yeah, It's when you get outside of the main city centers that you may, if you don't know the language you may have maybe a little bit challenging. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's it's one thing to go there for a week or two mm-hmm. um, and, and getting around. But you're actually, if you're there three months, you're kind of a local at that point. Does that feel, how, how does that feel? What's interesting, I don't, is that 
when I would um, take my Italian lessons while I was there, I would actually walk to the school, which was about a 30-minute walk. And I'd have to pass through the main part of the city center where a lot of the tourists, you know, some of the main attractions. And there'd be so, and there were so many people because it was last summer. And in my head, I was going, I wish these tourists would just get out of my way. <laughs> so I got to where I was not thinking of myself as a tourist. Uh-huh. They were just aggravating me because they were everywhere and in my way. And it was hot. So this year you're going at a a slightly different time that's not as hot, right? Yes, it will be. The weather will be much nicer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you test driving this for a move or can I even ask you that on the podcast? Absolutely, (laughs) you can ask me. Yeah, no, that's been the point of me staying so long and um, is to see, last year when I did it for three months, my goal was to see how would I do by myself in a place where I don't, I'm not fluent in the language and... um, and so I'm doing it again this year because I'm just trying to sort that whole thing out. Because my thought is, ideally, I would love to live there six months and then stay here six months if I could make that work. That's kind of the thinking. Yeah, yeah. I I, I try to imagine it sometimes, but I can't. Well, I still have it. I mean, Italy's been on my bucket list for 15 or yeah. 20 years. But, you know, it's it'll be more of a challenge for me now. I have a bit of a, a walking disability that, you know, and I know... I don't know about it, Florence, but I know certainly some of the the um, uh, wine country areas, you know, which I would you know, Tuscany, which, which I'd really love to see. I know that would be a little bit more of a challenge, but yeah, it would be because unlike here in the U.S., where we have um, laws that sort of mandate, you know, facilities have certain built in a certain way for people with that are disabled or have handicaps, it doesn't exist over there like that, that I saw. Yeah. So um, I can tell you that Florence has a great cab system. <laughs> and you can take cabs. <laughs> and they have buses if you want to, you know, I have not taken a bus there yet, so I haven't had that experience, yeah. but yeah. I have taken cabs. Boomer randomness. Get your kicks on Route 66. I'm Bernie Lucas talking travel with my friends Heidi Phillips and Jan Thomas. Jan, one of your your domestic trips is another thing that intrigues me a lot, the Route 66 adventure. How did that come about? Yeah, so how that came about is that uh, completely unintended to start with. It's one of those magical trips that I've been on that wasn't on my bucket list, but (laughs) should have been. Um, I had a good friend who was living in Pasadena and moving, getting ready to retire and moving back home to Atlanta. And... So she called me one day and said, I, I need, she'd already built the house in Atlanta, but she was still working and living in Pasadena. And she said, well, I want to move one of my cars to the new house so that I have a, a car on both coasts. Do you want to fly out and drive with me? And I said, sure, because um, you get to do that in retirement. Right, right. right. <laughs> So then she, at some point, she calls me back and she goes, you know, I've been doing some research and it looks like we can we can do at least part of this on the old Route 66 trail. So that's what we did. We started, we drove to Santa Monica, which is where it actually ends, but that was our beginning. beginning we did yeah. it backwards. Right. And for that part, we had no plan. Just <laughs> We knew a date we actually had to be in Atlanta, which meant we had to come part of the way and just see how far we got but at some point we were going to need to make a right and go south to get to Atlanta so we got as far as Oklahoma City um, and we had bought a book that had like I don't know the hundred most you know attractions you should see and it was just wow the you know when you see it and you think what was this like back you know in 
those days. And of course, um, I could spend hours telling you about all the crazy things that happened along that trip. But <laughs> um, so we got as far as Oklahoma City, and then we actually had to turn to go, get to Atlanta. And then COVID happened. Right. So we had always had a plan to go back and finish it. And there was COVID. So just this last fall, just about a year ago, we she now lives in Atlanta. So we both flew to Oklahoma City and we rented a car and we finished the rest of the trip <laughs> to Chicago with a little bit more planning this time because it was the first time we went was in early November. So we knew not a lot of people would be, you know, traveling then this time it was we left in august and so we were a little more planful around hotels and stuff like that but um it's interesting because you're mapping it out and then you go oh look if we just took a little side trip this way and went 300 miles we could go see the field of dreams well we'll probably never get this close again so we should do that (laughs) so yeah it was uh and all together if you put the two trips together it was probably about three and a half weeks for the whole the whole thing but uh it's kind of amazing that that was i mean that was the the highway for travel i think it was built in the 20s mm-hmm. and um started pieces of it started going away as the interstate system was being built in the 60s that was the thing and it was uh, it all the, all of these i've seen the these pictures it, it's part of it's on my bucket list too um but seen all these pictures of some of the the what now we would look at as odd little hotels and motels and other tourist attractions, but some of that, I think, is still there, some oh, parts of it. Yeah, lots of it, in fact, and I can't even tell you where it was, but there was one little town we were coming through, and there was there was a, a hotel where Elvis Presley had stayed. <laughs> and so we pulled in, well, this is it, it's in the book, and we knew the actual room number, and so we drove through the parking lot, and the the cleaning people were actually cleaning the room next to it. Uh-huh. And so we stopped and walked up to the cleaning people and said, like, hey, can we see inside that room? And she checked, and no one had rented it, and they opened it up, and of course, it's got a bed that's made like a 57 Chevy, and it's now a room that you can rent. You can rent the Elvis yeah. room. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just the odd and unusual. Yeah, is Winslow, Arizona, on sixty six? It is. Did you stand I, on a corner for the least, obligatory uh, and have, picture, and I have the shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, I do have that picture. Perfect. I want to get back to that, but uh, to some more specifics. But in in your travels, do you prefer large groups, medium groups, small groups, solo? Heidi, I'll start to travel with. Yeah. Pretty much solo or maybe one or two other people. I'm not a group traveler kind of person. Yeah. Because too many personalities can get can get in the way and you know. So I'd rather do very small. Yeah. And you do your own planning mostly. I am my own travel agent. Me yeah. and Rick Steves, if you've ever read if you ever <laughs> yes. read any of his travel books, he is my guide. So I just look at where he tells, you know, suggestions to go and I've never used a travel agent. Yeah. How about you, Jan? I prefer not to be in organized groups. In fact, I've only ever done that twice. And one was Cuba because it was the only way to go. I mean, I I like traveling with friends, like three or four people. But usually between TripAdvisor and Rick Steve, (laughs) you can can figure out how to do your own trip. Because I like to have the flexibility 
to get up every day and say, well, we thought we were going to do that, but oh, look at the weather today. Let's do this instead. So. Yeah, yeah. On uh, not on Route 66, but so maybe some of the other things. Do you do you plan a lot ahead? Do you, you know, make reservations of, for either ho- hotels or events or places? I like to know where I'm staying. Yeah. <laughs> so that part, and I'm I'm a little bit of a snob when it comes to that. So yeah, I that part. Um, and I like to have some things planned, especially if you're going to a place where there's things that you should see in that place. Yeah. But my favorite times are often the times that are just being in a place without being so touristy. Yeah. And Heidi, acting as your own travel agent. <laughs> yeah, I usually, I'm a pretty much of a planner, so I like to know in advance, and so I look at different places to go and kind of figure out, okay, today I think I'm going to go here and tomorrow I'm going to go there. But in between there, like when I was there last year, because I had all this free time alone, um, so I did a lot of walking and, you know, just wandering into shops. I found some interesting churches that were open that had amazing artwork that I'd never been in before. So, yeah, so it's kind of a little bit of both. But overall, I kind of like to have an idea of what I'm doing the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Florence. Well, Florence is high on my Italy bucket list. Flo- Florence, Venice before it's completely underwater. And, yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Tuscany. I, and obviously Rome would be nice, but um, I, I, that would be further down on my list. I spent a month in Rome yeah. a couple years ago um, in my quest to see, do I want to maybe want to live here someday? And I liked it, but I don't, did not like it as much as Florence. It's very big. It's like a New York it's yeah. that big, very busy, and it just didn't have the same feel. Like it's hard. I don't know that I can put it into words. In fact, I at a, I was sitting at having a, an appetizer one afternoon, and I heard a couple behind me at a cafe talking, and they were both speaking English. And he got up and left, and she was there. And I turned around and I started talking with her, and she had she was an expat. She'd been living there for a few years, and I told her why I was there for a month, and she says, "Yeah, coming here and being an expat is kind of hard." Yeah. So she, yeah, that was her experience. Right, right. Yeah, I guess that that definitely takes planning a, a mindset as well as just the details of doing it. There's more to this conversation, but let's take a moment to look at a few travel trends in the boomer world. This is from an AARP survey. COVID halted many travel plans, so boomers saved up some money and were eager to spend money on travel when it became safe again. While most boomers believe it's safe to travel, many are concerned about inflation and rising costs and are spending less this year. Those over 70 plan to spend 40% less on travel in 2023 than they did in 2022. 60% of those 50 and older are traveling only within the U.S., and most are driving. I'm Bernie Lucas. Thanks for checking out my Boomer Randomness podcast. Here's what's coming up on Boomer Randomness. The rest of my conversation with Jan and Heidi, including some travel adventures and some travel tips. Learn more about Boomer Life at BoomerRandomness.com. Check us out on the Boomer Randomness Facebook and on Twitter at BoomerRandom1. Okay, Boomer, thanks for listening. And tell everyone you know about Boomer Randomness.